So to celebrate Mother's Day, I want to do something a little bit different and speak to mothers that I admire and mothers that are so well known, I guess, in Brisbane and doing amazing things. And that includes uh, Mickey Fisher. You might know her from a podcast. Please ask Mickey or you can check her out on Instagram. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having me. Now, Jack, our boss, was referring to you as a mummy blogger and that sort of makes my, like, skin crawl because I'm like... you does it? Okay, good. All right. I'm glad we've established that. No, but it's weird, isn't it? Because, like, no one blogs anymore and it was such a short period of time. But that's, I guess, what people became famous for. And this is Mother's Day, so we will talk about that. But talk about who you were, I guess, before you had children. Um, Oh, God, not much, really, probably. (laughs) I feel like that's, um, I guess, you know, people go through this whole identity crisis, right, when when you, like, have a child. Mm. And I feel like for me it was almost the opposite because before I had children I was like a... I mean, sorry, I won't no, say No, you're allowed to swear. It's a podcast. <laughs> okay, great. I was like a fucking, you know, barista. Okay. And like, I didn't... You just feel like you didn't really, have purpose? Totally. And I, it was literally one night where I was like, basically said to the universe, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just want to be on a different path. Take me somewhere else. And I'm like, I'm taking my hands off the steering wheel. And then two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. I was like, well, that's not what I fucking <laughs> well, thought that's was not, I thought you were going to give me guidance. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I thought you were going to, like, drop me, like, a meal in, like, a lotto or something <laughs> like that. Not yeah. fucking, like, a pregnancy. Um, and then after that, like, once I had my daughter, she just changed my whole life, I guess. Because I think sometimes children have this ability to sort of like crack you open in a million different ways where they like grab you and throw you on the floor until you're in a million pieces and you just have to like pick up the pieces that um, kind of recreate this new version of yourself. Like they sort of make you stronger and and and. I think inspired. it's more like all the stuff that you don't worry about. You're like, you get stuff with that because totally. I need to look after someone now and that's my main purpose. Like I used to find that I, um, I hated always talking about money. Because yeah. I was like, it's so uncomfortable. And I knew that I was underpaid at work, you know, compared to people that I was working for because I found yeah. on a laptop what my co-host was earning because he had his tax return. <gasps> Different story. But I could just say that mine was like an eighth of it. And I remember just being an so like, eighth. ugh. But then once I had children, I was like, well, it's not about yes. me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about them and I've got to provide for them. So there was something about it where you're kind of like this whole attitude of like, well, fuck off, I'm a mum. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like it does sort of do that because I feel like as women we struggle to speak up for ourselves. Mm. But the second you have a child and everything changes because you're like, well, I will absolutely fucking stand up for them and I will yeah. speak up for them and like I almost have to become my own um my own voice, my voice has to become stronger because yeah. it's not just about me anymore. It's about so you had your f- first one and now you've got three? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ages six to one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> how how has that changed, I guess, from having the first to having the third? Uh I think it's just like logically and just physically, obviously you're more outnumbered. They fight more, like all that shit that you just, you know, don't deal with when you've only got one child. But I find that with each child, I always enjoy it more because I think I become more confident in being a mum. 
you know, the first time you're sort of thrown into it and you're like, okay, like I can't believe someone sent me home with this thing. Yeah. Like no yeah, one... when you're leaving the hospital, <laughs> you're like, what do I do? Does someone give a call and just check that they're alive after a certain period? You're like, no. I was it, yeah. like, I can't believe I'm being let out. Like this is insane. Like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. And like you get home. I remember this moment like with my husband and I when we first, it was like the first night at home and I was like, what the fuck have we done? <laughs> you're like, what have we done? That's changed. <laughs> I'm like, this is permanent. It, it, with the, I guess with my eldest, I was so keen for him to grow up. Like I really was. I was like, okay, cool. when is he going to be eating first? When is he going to be crawling? When is he going to be walking? When is he going to be, because it wasn't a nice time for me personally because I didn't know what I was doing and mm-hmm. couldn't comfort him because he was a very cry baby. Yep. Um, and it was just such like, oh gosh, I'm failing. Where I guess with the third, he's so much more calmer, but yet Mm. I'm calmer because you realise you're like, oh, I don't want you to, like I'm happy for you to be crying in the middle of the night and me getting up because you know how quickly it goes. Totally. I found the first time definitely the hardest for sure. And I think for that same reason, like, and you're kind of like not wishing it away, but you are wanting them to like, you know, hit every single milestone and like maybe, I don't know, I feel like with my second and third, it's I almost am like, oh, whoops. Whoops, I, like, forgot to even... Yeah, I don't have any photos. Yes, yeah, I've never printed a photo out. Yeah, there's, like, nothing, like, you almost, <laughs> um, like, don't exist and, like, I'm sorry I forgot to teach how to count to ten, <laughs> like, you know, and you're like, oh, you'll figure it out eventually, you know. A friend of mine um, has four and she always tells me this funny story where she went to the park and, you know, her, her eldest is, like, doing football and she's so well-coordinated and then she picked a ball up and she threw it to her fourth and he just stood there and she's like oh, geez, that's right. That's the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> it was just such a different attitude. Did you ever join um, like a mother's group? Is there any group that you had when you had your first child or did you feel quite isolated? Uh, I didn't have a mother's group, but I did have a few friends at the time who had children at similar ages, which yeah. I think was like... A blessing. Totally a blessing. And I think necessary too. You need to have people where you can sort of like, I guess just just... Not vent, but kind of vent and just almost like be so honest and vulnerable with how you're feeling because I think a lot of the time, like especially if you're on Instagram all the time and you're watching all these people just look like they're slaying and their house looks like it's like a fucking designer home. You know, my house would be like covered in biscuits and like all sorts of shit looks like someone had come in and just ransacked the whole place. You need to have people that are like real and are just going to sort of be like, you know what, I've actually had a really hard day today or like I'm struggling to get out of the house or, you know, like such and such has been up. I've been getting like three and a half hours of broken sleep every night and I feel like I'm probably going to die soon. It's nice that you had that. I've known a lot of people that tried to join like a mother's group and said how competitive it was or they didn't feel like it was their people because you are, you're putting on your best display for some some of them that it's kind of like you said with the Instagram, it's all the best version of it. Mm-hmm. So they felt like it was such a comparison. And I've always noticed that, that it's it's hard with, I guess, with mums, no matter what happens, there is this slight competition with, oh, your child's doing this or your child's doing that. Totally. That we seem to compete through kids. So it's nice actually having that that truth, which I guess is why you want to sort of start up, I guess, a community. Well, yeah. And I mean, like there was all, I guess that's like just so part of motherhood, unfortunately, Mm. is just that competition side of things. And even like within a friend group, there's that. And you're always like, oh, fuck. Well, I do no sensory play with my kid. Like, (laughs) you know, they'll be sitting there, you get there and they're like, you know, talking about the fucking like, you know, lunchbox that they've made, like they've been on MasterChef for 12 years. And you're like, like, mine is full of sugar and processed food. You're like, I just made it through the day. Or like, you know, people would be like talking about their kids that – 
sleep. I'll never forget. I had one lady like come up to me and she, or this girl that I knew, and she was like, oh, it all, honestly, it's not that hard. You just have to put them put down. Put them down and let them cry out. And, and yeah. my first daughter, like, was allergic to sleep. Like, and was just one of those kids that wouldn't get overtired, nothing like that, just wouldn't fucking sleep at yeah. all. And I had family members and like all these people who were just like telling me how wrong I was, how I did everything wrong. And fuck, it's so hard to just not be consumed by that and not to... At what point did you stop caring though? Because, you know, when you it is, it's so consuming when mm. you're listening to everyone's advice and you're like, I should be doing this, I should be doing this sleep, you know, program. And I remember actually going through my baby books and going, why did I buy baby books? I, I'm not going to read them, I'm not going to follow them because a lot of them are written by, dare I say, um, nannies that haven't had kids yet <laughs> and they, they know best. <laughs> but what was that turning point for you where you just went... I guess the opinions don't care. Like, they don't bother me anymore. I guess it came down to I did a lot of, like, work within myself and I know that's something, you know, people say I just worked on myself yeah. and then, you know, everything seemed to. But it really did come down to that because I had to go, well, you know, for me to be able to get through this, for me to be able to quiet the noise and to be able to ignore all these people telling me how shit I was at, you know, being a mum yeah. or whatever, I have to really come back to myself and protect not just myself but also my child because... You know, that's not their shit. Like everyone's mm. running their own race and it's not going to benefit me if I'm not fucking okay and I'm sitting there comparing her to every like, you know, fucking Ava and Cooper yeah. and everybody else. You know, like I just had to, yeah, come back to myself and tell everyone to shut the fuck up and leave me alone. <laughs> Do you ever get mum's guilt? <laughs> All the time. Because that's the one thing that, you, you know, we, we can say this and it is. You, you give that whole advice and you're like, we shouldn't compare, we shouldn't judge. But there's that little niggle, I guess, inside where you're like, it's the whole should. And I try Ooh. not to say that word because I'm like, I, it, it's, not a, it's not, a I guess, an empowered word saying yeah. I should do this because it's everything that you haven't done. But it's so hard yeah. too. And I think as women especially, we've come into sort of like we're sort of the first generation I think that are even balancing and having to balance mm. that that career, that work life with also still almost being like the primary caregiver at the same time. And so I think it's extra hard because you've got the guilt of like not feeling like you're at home enough or mm. with them enough and you know you're like doesn't matter what you read, there's something you're doing wrong. Like, you know, you're supposed to be with your child, like, in your fucking bed until they're 21 or something. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, you <laughs> yeah. know, be breastfeeding them until they're, you know, something 18. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, whatever it is, I'm doing something wrong and I feel like I'm just not juggling all of the balls. And so, you know, that guilt, it, like, comes all the time because you feel either guilty for you know, work or like your career or whatever you're doing wrong there. You feel guilt for like not being a good partner because you don't want to be touched by literally anyone anymore yep. at all ever. And then you feel the guilt with your kids like, oh, I'm not being there enough or I haven't done their lunchbox the the right way or I haven't read that book or listened to this person or taken this advice from this expert or whatever because there's just so many fucking opinions coming yep. from a million different ways. So I think, I don't know what the answer is, but, but it's, it's been, everywhere. It's interesting when you look at your partner though. Because I don't totally. think my husband's ever experienced dad guilt, ever. Totally. And, you know, when I was had to go away for work, there was such a, like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I don't do it anymore. I've, I've, I said no to interstate work because I don't enjoy it. And that's a yeah. decision that I've made and it's a bit more empowering rather than going, well, I want to do it and I want to feel guilty. I don't enjoy it. I actually like being home with my kids now. Yeah, so that's a that. decision that I've made. But I, I, it's interesting for him. I'm like, do you feel bad if you go away? And he's like, well, no. 
Yeah. And I'm like, it's just so simple, isn't it? Just like, no, we seem to overthink everything. Totally. I feel bad about like going and taking fucking 10 minutes for myself sometimes. And like, (laughs) I would say, I remember asking my husband the same thing. I'm like, do you feel bad like doing that or like, you know, going and I don't know, hanging out with your friends? And he's like, no. I'm like, God, well, it just like keeps me up at night, which, you know, I've already got a baby keeping me up at night. So that's the last three hours of my sleep. Absolutely fucking gone. There is a friend um, uh, of mine that actually books into a hotel and she stays overnight and she says it because obviously a mum, one every term. Oh, that's so good. Mm. And she'll just sit there just staring, watching TV. She'll go and get a massage. And I was like, it's an interesting concept, but she was like, you have to take care of yourself yeah, before you can take care of other people. A hundred percent. And I feel like that was probably another turning point for me too in this realisation of like shutting the noise out, mm. I guess, and like not getting um, swallowed up in the guilt was the, the realisation of like the more I did for myself or the more time that I would take out for myself the better mum that I was, like it wasn't really, and again, it's like that, well, if I'm not doing it for me, then I'll at least do it for For them. them. Yeah, yeah, however you justify it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) We were talking before about you being spiritual, right? So you do, you're a medium, you do readings for people? Psychic medium, yeah. How does that, how does that come into play as a mum? Like I'm just curious for it. Can you do, can you do readings on them? Do you prefer not to do readings for them? Like how does that come into play? This is a great question. Huge question. Um, I It plays in a lot. I think more in the way that, I mean, I grew up being able to see things and experience things and all that sort of stuff, but I grew up extremely religious, like, okay. you know, like purity ring, denim right, skirt okay. below my knees, like okay. drums with the devil's music. And so I always held a lot of shame around it. Also like really gaslighted myself from what I was seeing and experiencing. I didn't really come out of the broom closet until I was almost 30. So, you know, I think the real big thing that it really brings for me is almost learning from my children because I know that they can see so much more than we give them credit for. They're so intuitive. Like I often feel like I'm almost unlearning and well, they don't have all the layers me. of crap that I guess they've learnt yes. over the years to put on of, you know, the mask of how to pretend stuff or society's way. So they don't have those layers, I guess. So it's kind of like you peeling them back. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll be like, mum, I saw a fairy or like, you know, great Nana was in my room. And I'm like, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what'd she say? <laughs> you know. So how did you, so you, are you bringing your kids up religious, if you don't mind me asking? No. 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 Okay. Just, um, yeah, nothing really at all. Like I just kind of allow them to sort of, I don't know, experience life and I just don't want to sort of take away from what they see. Yeah. And, you know, like if they do see a fairy or they do believe in such and such or whatever it is, like I want to be able to question it and learn from it more than me telling them this is the way, this is how it's done because I think we grow up with like a million different rules and it's not until we get to like our 30s or maybe never that we sit there going like wow are these all actually just pretend like Mm. are these (laughs) these rules don't even exist but I've been so obsessed and like my life's been curated around them if I asked you what's the things that you're disappointed in being a mum I know you'd probably be able to list many because it's just the way that our minds work but what's something that you kind of go I'm actually proud of the way I mother oh oh god um, I think I'm proud of the way that I mother 
probably in that way where I like to use my my children and my teachers. Mm. Um, someone once asked me like what my parenting style was, and I think I the only thing that I could really come up with was that. I just like let them lead. Like they are my teachers. I'm wanting to come from a, not a perspective of like me up here is this like, you know, guru of life and like, you know, I'm the authority. I just feel like that this generation and just like children in general just brings so much light and they teach us to play. They teach us how to regulate our emotions, which we've, you know, probably never been able to do before. They're teaching us to feel them and express them and like, you know, believe in magic and, you know, all the beauty in life. And so I just want to like see life through the lens. So the intuition's really important for you as well. Totally. Yeah. They teach me so much. There was a there was a book that was done and they're talking about study, I guess, with um, going into a room. I think it was my Maggie Dent that I might be talking to her and she was saying that she was going into a room and um, there was a group of girls there and there it was also boys and she went in and asked if anyone was hungry and the girls yeah. all looked at each other before they would answer <gasps> because they had to check in with anyone else because I don't know what the right answer is. Where the yeah. guys were either just yes or no, just listening to themselves. And I was like, it's funny when you say intuition and you're learning from them because mm. that is that sort of layered response that you're talking about. Um, as opposed to them actually, I guess, listening and we sort of forget to teach kids that they know the answer. A hundred percent. And that's one thing that I find when I'm doing readings and like, you know, working with people, the biggest thing is that we're so damn disconnected from our knowing, from that intuition, from like our bodies, from anything like that, because we're so used to like gathering our information about ourselves from everybody else around us. You know, like imagine if we didn't fucking question like what our gut was telling us or like, you know, even as little as like food, you know, I love using that example. Like with my, with my kids, I'm like, I really want them to sort of like create an intuitive response when it comes to like eating and blah, 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 instead of listening to the books where it's like, well, they need this much, such and such and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you're fucking full, you're full. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do for Mother's Day? What's, what is it, a special day for you or it's another day? Um, well, I really hope my husband remembers it this year. Yeah, he's forgotten it before. Yeah, well, he's held like an entire year of guilt. Well, I've put a whole entire year of guilt on him because last year he (laughs) woke up and I was like, oh, I guess nothing. He just woke up and he was like, hey, and I was just went into, you know, when you're just like, fuck you guys, fuck all of you. I'm out of here. No one appreciates I love it when you you just give them and you're like, "Mm, yeah, what's today? And they're like stressed the whole day. A (laughs) hundred percent. And he was just like trying to come back so hard. And he's the most beautiful person ever. He felt so bad. So he spent a whole year thinking about, about Mother's Day, so I hope it's fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm going to be holding him up to a massive standard. Now, you're talking about your um, community before I leave you, uh, the Red Tent. Um, explain a little bit more about what that actually is. Uh, so the Red Tent is a space for practitioners, essentially. It's kind of got two parts to it. We nurture the practitioners. Like mm-hmm. we've got, you know, everything from mental, spiritual, physical. You know, um, like we've got counsellors, we've got psychics, we've got nutritionists. Everyone. And it's all um, women, trans, non-binary, because that just feels really beautiful and safe to us, nurturing the nurturers. And um, we help them build their business, create a community, because sometimes it can be really hard when you're constantly helping everybody else, you know, healers need healers as well. And then on the other side of that, we then have all these incredible practitioners for people to use and we have lots of resources. We're about to launch like a booking system so people can book directly through the Red Tent with like these hundreds of practitioners. Businesses can 
um, you know, create accounts with us so then they're ticking off all the boxes of looking after everybody's mental health in their um, in their company. <laughs> so how did you start a business while raising three kids? Um, really good fucking question. <laughs> in the middle of the night when you're breastfeeding, I used to always come up with these crazy ideas of what I was going to achieve. Yeah. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, I wrote that in my notes section. What? Yeah. Like that doesn't, actually, I li- literally was looking at my notes the other day and yeah. I'd written something so fucking strange that I was yeah. sitting there going like, what? how did that even come into my brain at that time? <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't even know. To be honest, I think I just kind of like, I mean, if we're talking about the spiritual side of things, um, it just was told to me, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to create. And I've been really guided in doing that. And I guess it's just almost been like tunnel vision. There's also been so many times where it's like, I'll start it and then I'd fall pregnant again. And I'd yeah, have yeah, to like, so you push it back. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd push it back because, you know, you think you can do all of these things while you're pregnant or like, you know, oh, once they're postpartum, like, no worries, I'll be at here, that, the other thing. And you're like, I just can't. I just actually like can't even deal with this pregnancy. I'm just trying to get through the day. Yeah. Survival mode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> survival mode. Um, well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And we hope that um, you do have a Mother's Day that is to be remembered. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it will be because otherwise that'll be on his conscience for the next, uh, next year. Yeah. <laughs> so you can check you out on Instagram, uh, Mickey uh, Fisher, and the website is? Uh, www.theredtent.com.au. Stab Abby and Matt on B105.